Production. Recorded live. You are now listening to Pastor Helen Young of Grace Worship Center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, a life-changing fellowship. Join us today as she ministers. Are you an undercover saint or under his cover saint? You will be blessed with today's message. Let us join in with the message already in progress. God is so good. He is so amazing. Amen. I want you to turn with me in your Bibles to the um, book of Isaiah, chapter 61. And we're going to read verse 10. Amen. And it says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorneth herself with jewels. We're going to talk about today, are you an undercover saint or are you under his cover saint? All right, let me say it again. Are you an undercover saint or are you under his cover saint? Amen? Amen, amen. Some of you looking kind of strange and saying, where is she going with that? But sometimes a name has been given to Christians as undercover saints. And when you look at the word undercover, it means in secret, done, or working in a secret way in order to catch criminals or collect information. It is the act of execution in secret, employed or engaged in spying or secret investigation. For an example, for months he has been an undercover agent pretending to be a whatever. But in short, it means existing or operating in a way so as to ensure complete concealment or confidentiality. We're talking about a secret agent saint. When I think about secret agents, I think about the movie, uh, let's look at this, the Jane Bond movie. They were secret agents, all right? What about Mission Impossible? Those were secret agents. And when you begin to, when I began to think about, you know, looking at the Jane Bond, James Bond fan, all right? I think about the different characters that played 007. Some of them were suave, some of them were, they're okay. Some only did it for one shot, one show. But some of them did the character over and over and over. And uh, who was your favorite? You probably would say this person or that person. Or you would say maybe Sean Connery or David Niven. Okay, so I didn't know he was. Yes, he was. Maybe Chris Brunson or <laughs> Roger Moore or uh, Daniel Craig. Some of them, you, you think about it. What was your favorite show? Why did you like it? The character they portrayed, was they daring enough? Were they coming out of airplanes, landing on skis, with skis on snow and stuff like that? 
was it really captivating, amen? And when you think about Mission Impossible, you think about the actor that was, uh, you know, did it, and you were just waiting to see it, whatever it was, one, two, three, or four, you wanted to know when is the next one. Now, with these characters as secret agents, these characters were always infiltrating the enemy's domain and taking them down. Would you agree? They were known, these characters were known in the underworld as what? As powerful people, right? But the common everyday people knew nothing about them as a secret agent. Do you remember the movie, is it Mr. and Mrs. Smith with uh, uh, the husband and wife team that were spies and everything, and at home they were just a lovey-dovey couple, and they went his way and her way to work, and then they were there. They didn't realize that they were after each other, whatever it was, what the plot line was. Was it fascinating to you with the shooting and all of that? It was. But the thing about these characters as secret agents, they were undercover. Nobody knew them. But in the underworld, they knew about them. But you didn't know about them in everyday life because they were doing this in secretive. They were coming in, finding out everything about the enemy, and then going back and telling their boss who was in uh, uh, London or wherever they were at. They were giving the 411 on the enemy, all right? Okay, they were spies, but they wanted the identity kept quiet in the neighborhood. They didn't want anybody, and a lot of times their families didn't know what they were doing. You know, you've seen that in uh, different things. I like the Incredibles with the cartoons and things like that. They were just the everyday little mom and dad with their little kids, all right? And all the kids had, had superhero characteristics, right? You know, and the baby was a fireball. Okay, I like that, all right. But the thing about it, but the world didn't know them because they was incognito, right? Okay, so are some of the saints, so are some of the saints. They don't want the people to know that they are Christians, all right? They go into hiding. They do. They, they don't want, they, they be doing their work undercover. So what the thing about it is, they don't want anybody to know that they are Christians. And so when somebody said, well, we're going to go to a prayer meeting, then those undercover saints, they come up with every kind of excuse that they have for not going. Oh, I got a uh, softball tournament today, but somehow they didn't go. They went to take care of other things. <clears throat> so what I'm saying, we as the saints of God, we should let it be known that we are who? Christians. We need to show the world that what? I am a born-again believer. I am a child of God. Amen. Just like Superman has his cape and all of those have their cape. You know, I like it in the old movies with the Superman, how he would undo his shirt and pull it open a little bit, and you see that big old S there that says Superman. We ought to have a, 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 an S or something on our, what, saved ours should be. We should have a symbol on us that they can look at us and say, we are B.A. born again. We are B.A. what? B. born again believers. 
We should not be in hiding. We should be able to tell the saints, tell the world that we are Jesus people. Amen. We don't have to go into, no, I, you know, I don't want to talk Christ. Oh, I don't want to talk Christ on my job. You know, I said, but you ain't on the job. We at lunchtime and what a burger. And, and you just, oh, I said, but what is it with us that what? That we want to go out, go into hiding? We, we shouldn't be doing things like that. Okay, what does the word of God say about us as saints? We as the saints of Christ are under the blood covering of him. And who is that him? Jesus Christ. We're under the blood covering of Jesus. Now, and when you begin to read about the saints in the New Testament, it says that uh, sometimes they were in hiding. All right? You remember the passage where it talked about when Paul saw, rather, when he first got converted? And you remember how he was blinded? And the next thing that you knew was just that what? When Ananias, when the Lord spoke to Ananias, he said, I want you to do what? He said, I want you to go there where Paul, where Saul is. And, and Ananias says what? Lord, God, let me just put in your remembrance about who you are. The thing about it is, Lord, Paul kills the Christians. And they were kind of in hiding. Why? Because there were those who did not love the Lord, but they were always, what, trying to, what, kill the saints of God. Amen. So you realize that the saints were kind of going in hiding for fear of their life. Amen. But it got to a point that they were not afraid of it because when you read in the book of Hebrews about the history of the saints, that some of them were uh, killed and some of them was this and, 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 and all of that in the history of the saints in Hebrews 11, they were not ashamed or afraid of them. In history, when Nero killed the saints and he burned them alive on the stakes, they were not ashamed to be called Christians. Romans 1, 16, it says, For I am what? Not ashamed, what? Of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God, where? Unto salvation to everyone that what? Believes to the Jew first and also to the what? To the Greek. Amen. These saints are saying that we are not ashamed of the gospel. So I'm asking, are we the uh, uh, undercover saints? Are we ashamed of the gospel? You know, there are some saints, some saints that don't even want to pray in public before they eat their food. And then they'll go, you don't need to just say this, amen. And I said, why are you, are you afraid? I'm, I'm not ashamed. Why don't we give thanks to God for who he is? Amen. Hebrews chapter 10, I want you to run over that with me too. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 10. And we're looking at verse number 21 through 23. When you have it, say amen. Let's just read that for a moment. Hebrews 10, verses 21 through 23. And it says, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us, what, draw near with a true heart, where, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from, what, an evil conscience, 
and our bodies were what? Washed with pure water. And verse 23 says this, let us hold fast, what? The profession of our faith, where? Without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Amen? So that means Jesus washed us with his blood. And his blood covers us. This is why I put out the question to you. Are you still the undercover saint? Or are you the saint that is under his cover? Which means the covering of Jesus Christ. All right. Christ died for us. He poured out his blood for us. That blood of his, it did what? It washed us. It covers us from the enemy. Why would we want to be under the covenant, the, the, the cover of God? Why? To keep the enemy from doing us harm. Don't you know? Look at this. The Bible says in the Old Testament, do you remember when there were plagues that was going around with Pharaoh that he was doing? Well, the last one was that blood covering. Do you remember that one where the firstborn was slain? You remember that? I know some of you remember that. But it says that what they did, they took and took a uh, the blood and they covered it around the door place. Amen? So they took that. And they covered their doors. So what did that mean? It meant that when the death angel came, but it saw the blood that was covering on that door, what? It could not what? Come on, talk to me. It could not do what? It could not come and do anything to them. I mean, it passed them by. So, but what God wants to be is under his blood covering, the blood covering of Jesus. So when the enemy comes, he says, I can't touch that. Um, what, what does it say? What does the enemy say about Job? He said, oh, God, oh, I can't touch him. You got your what? Come up with me. You got your hand on him. Okay, when we are covered under the blood of Jesus, God is protecting us. So what we need to do is what? Stay under that covering. When we get out from under the covering of God, but the enemy will come in and bombard us. I want you to know that the enemy doesn't do it, Shazam, the one thing. He'll do it little by little by little to keep you what? Stay there where he is. I, now, I want you to know that the enemy doesn't care about you going to church because he sits up there in the church. Also, oh, no, he don't. You'll sit there in church. The song could be going. The pastor could be preaching. And you're thinking about what you're going to eat as soon as services is over. You're thinking about, did I lock my door? Did I set the alarm? Did I do this? Did, did, did I put those clothes in the dryer? Oh, oh. And he's preaching. So the enemy comes in to try to keep your mind off of God. I, the enemy doesn't care about you going to church, but what he will do to you is to keep you stifled in a relationship with him that you don't have time for God. Okay, so let's look at it this way. You get ready to pray. All right, it's your prayer time. You get ready, and guess what? The phone rings. The doorbell rings. Something will come to distract the saints of God from doing that. You get distracted enough, you find it's easy, what, to be, to, to, to do and not to pray or whatever. Amen? All right. Let me give you some examples because some of you are looking just kind of strange at me. All right. You know you got a prayer time, so you tell your friends 
and family. You say, well, then my prayer time is at a certain time every day. But this person will call you at that time, knowing that you are on your prayer time. They will call you at church, knowing that you are at church, and send you a text message. Oh, come on now. Next thing you know, you go, beep, beep. You want to know something. And you say, and then you'll sit there, the person will, and they'll say, um, my, um, uh, who could this be calling me or texting me? They know I'm at church. But they get caught up in what they want to do. They want to bring you in. And you know what? And sometimes what we'll do, talking about those that are undercover, we'll text, play games, listen to whatever kind of music on our phone while we are sitting in the sanctuary of God and the pastor is preaching. Don't tell me that they ain't never happened to someone that you know. Hey, look, we got it recording, and the cameraman will pass by, and you'll see them playing a game. They ain't finding the scriptures. They haven't found the scriptures that they're talking about. But see, the devil didn't mind that you're going to church, but he still captivated your mind while you were there. He captivates you to keep you from giving God the time. And pretty soon, you don't worry about giving God the time because you're not a cover saint. You're so busy trying to do other things that you don't want to be about God's business. But we are under the blood covering of Jesus Christ. I want you to look at that Hebrews chapter 13. Verse number 20, and let's look at that and see what it says. In 13, verse number 20, it says, Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead, who our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, what? Through the blood of the everlasting, what? Covenant. Okay, the everlasting covenant. Remember, that was the first covenant that they made, but Jesus came. And he left with us now a better covenant, and that's with his blood. In the Old Testament, what they used to do was kill a lamb or goat and things like that to offer it. But now Jesus has offered what? Kept his life for us, and we're under that covenant with him. He became the sin for us. Scripture says, curse is anyone that hangs on a tree. He became a curse for us. Why? That we will be under his blood covering, that we will have a right again to where? The places of Christ. Come on. Well, we have a right again. What? And to what? That place with Christ. Amen? But the thing about it is, is that we have to come out of hiding from not having someone know that we are Christians and begin to live our life that exemplifies holiness. The Bible says that without holiness, no man can see Christ. So what you're saying, that I have to do right? Yes. The Bible says that when you hear the word, you are responsible for it. So you say, really? It's the hearers and doers of the word. So once you hear the word, you are under obligation to make it a part of your life. How do you expect to grow as a Christian if you never practice what you're being taught? You can tell a child, you can walk one day, you can walk one day, but you never let them get up to practice the falling, get back up, holding on the thing, and pretty soon he got walking down one day, and the next day he trying to run. Amen? But he has to slow down. You teach him to slow down. Just walk, just walk. So what do we need to do? 
If he poured his blood off for us, what are we supposed to do? Stay under that covering. Amen? Now, children at home, as long as they're under the covering of their parents, they're in good shape. But when they want to go contrary to what the rules and regulations are at their house, guess what? They want to step outside, but they get stepped, okay, they be brought back. Amen. 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 They do. Amen. So you want to stay in the position of being protected. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 11, I want us to look at that for just a moment. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 11. Look at this and see what it says. And some and such were some of you. Um, so what is Paul talking about there? He says, and such were some of you, but you are washed and you are sanctified. We used to be like that. Amen? Oh, okay, let me put it this way. The undercover saints, they can cuss. They can do everything out there when they're hiding. But when they come back, sometimes those curse words, what happens? Those colorful metaphors, they come back. And, you're, and they could just step out the church building. And you're saying, uh, head goes like a little tilt. And you say, oh, uh, what happened? You just came out of church. And I've had people say, well, you know, I go to the church, but the church ain't me. I go to the church because of Whatever reason it be, my mama made me go, my wife wanted me to go, my husband dragged me here. He says, but that's not what I want to do. The thing about it is just this. We are under the covering of Jesus Christ. Amen? And by us under the covering of him, we should never be ashamed of who we are. Amen? Amen. The thing of it is, I go back to Romans 1. He says, for I am not ashamed of this gospel of Jesus Christ. It has power. Yes, it does. He says what? I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power, what, of God. You know what that is. When you, with God, you have power. The Bible says in Luke 10, it says that you, God has given us the power to tread over what? Snakes and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemies. What? And nothing by no means shall harm us. All right? That's what this says. When he has power, he says, as even in the book of Acts, he says, you will have power once that the Holy Spirit come up upon you to be my witness in all parts of the world, in all parts of the earth. But you have to take a stand. I cannot hide and be with the unbeliever and then expect to have full authority, you know, to do the things of God. If I'm always associating with the unbeliever, the Bible says a little leaven, that's what? It leavens the whole one. Just a little sin will cause the whole thing, what? To be bad. You put one bad apple inside of a whole thing uh, of good apples, and the next thing you know, what happens? It eventually they're small. They'll even take on the scent of that bad apple. You know what I'm saying? It will take on the smell of it. But you have to wash it clean. 
Wash it clean. Oh, come on. Did y'all get that? You can hang around the bad person, but once you repent, you might have the sense, the residue of a bad, but God will come in. Jesus has come in. He washed us with his blood, and guess what? We came out smelling clean because we've been washed by the blood of Jesus. Amen. So we're coming out hiding. I, I, I don't want to live a double life. I'm tired of the double life. I'm this way with someone, and I'm another way with them. <clears throat> when I'm with the saints, I want to be the saint. But when I leave the saints, I'm going back undercover. I'm going to do just what the world is doing, and they ain't going to know that I'm a Christian, you know? But it's time that we come out from that garment, come out of that lifestyle. We are washed by him. Paul makes the statement, he says, sometimes we were of the same thing. Yes, we were. But the thing of it is now, we are not like that anymore. Amen? Amen. Amen. We just have to realize that we, what, are born-again believers. Amen? Now, once you come into the knowledge of Christ, how do you grow? You're tired of this lifestyle. You're coming. How do you grow? Assemble yourself together at church. All right? And you, you might say, well, I, I can't be there every time the doors are open. Well, when they have Bible study, when they have church services, are you available to come? Some people make an excuse, well, then, you know, um, my job is always calling me to do this and that, and I don't have time to come to church. Yes, you do. You can make time for anything that you want to do. I mean, <clears throat> we make time. I'm not knocking the playoff, ain't knocking that. But we made time to be there with the Thunders. You know, some of us make time to be there with the Rockets. Amen. They'll get seen soon. Amen. But the thing about it is, but we don't want to make time for that. I've heard people say that, well, the, the game is on today. Now, it's way past church time. But they said, I'm not going because I got to get my rest. I got to get my eat on. And then I have to relax. It's my only day off. And then I'm going to go to the game. But, you know, they don't give Christ the credit. But when times get rough for them, what do they do? They call on God. Uh, Sister girl, would you pray for me? Mama, would you pray? Yeah, I'll pray for you. But what about you? Well, Mama, you know, you got a door open to Jesus. So you just pray, speak the word. They say, and, and they tell me, you live the word. They say, oh, no, you're trying to mess with me now. No, it's not. The thing of it is, it's just that we need to come out of our hiding and come into what Christ has brought us to. Amen? Sometimes people want to be a part of the church, proud, but they don't want to be a part of the covenant of Jesus Christ. Amen? And so part of the covenant is what? You got to go to church. You got to be faithful, be active in your church, be a part of it. And then there are some people who are tired of hiding their new life in Christ, and they want to be out of the undercover agent lifestyle. These are those that are hungering and thirsting after righteousness because the care of this is life, you get tired of it. You know, I've seen many people in my family, friends, relatives on the streets and everything, <clears throat> they're much younger than me. Some are in their 30s, and the kids of this life has worn them down, and they look much older than me. For an example, 
<clears throat> my sister has now gone on to be with the Lord. I remember back in the days when <clears throat> she was in her 30s, she looked older <clears throat> than our oldest brother. She looked older than our parents because of the, all the things that she was doing. She gave her heart to the Lord. And she began to walk in the statures and the ordinances of the Lord. She began to have a prayer life. She began to go to church. The Lord took away from her her ragged life that she had had before, the vices that she was in. He took it away. He no longer she no longer had that appetite for sin. She didn't have the appetite for drugs. She didn't have the appetite for alcohol. She had given her life over to the Lord. One day it was time for her to go and renew her driver's license because her old driver's license reflected of her past life and she looked bad on it. She just looked toe down. And when she took the new driver's license picture and she said, sis, look at this. She says, is this the same person? And I said, yeah, I still see you, but I see how Christ has cleaned you up from these sides. Not because of makeup, because she went into that makeup. But he had taken out of her that old Adamic nature where it was for sin, and he has given her the new nature. And guess what? She looked much better. She looked purer. She looked holier. And And she marveled just as that. I say, God beautifies his saints with holiness. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. He says that our latter end will be greater than our former. So her latter end was much greater than her beginning of it because now she had embraced Christ, living for Christ. She was the new creature. All things had passed away. When Paul says we used to be like some of them that was in the world, but we're not like them anymore. When she walked in Christ, she was at court. She was praying. She was speaking in tongues. I remember the day when she got a prayer language at our house one Thanksgiving day. And the thing about it is, is this. She read the words, applied the word to her. She applied the scripture, says, greater is Christ in me than any book of bad devil on the outside. And she applied the word to her life that says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And I, I realized that she had gone to apply for a job quite different than what she had been doing. Because once she left that old lifestyle, she could not be in that group of people anymore. They would drag her back down. She was the top salesperson on her job. People said, girl, you look different. What is it about you? And she said, I gave my life to Christ. They said, it ain't all that. She said, yes, it is. And the thing of it is, is just this. God had cleansed her up. She was a new creature. She recognized that the blood covering that she was under, she couldn't hang with her old friends. Because a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Because if she hung around the, the old crowd, she'll be back smoking those joints. She'll be back drinking that stuff and doing everything that she knew how to do. But she made a decision to change. The Lord wants a repentant heart and spirit. 
He wants you to be under his blood covering for protection from the enemy. In the book of Luke, chapter 12, verse number 2, I want you to run over there. I want your eyes to fall on, on that. Luke 12, verse number 2. And uh, what does it say? There was nothing covered. Uh huh. That shall not be told. Listen to it. It's going to come out in the end. It's going to come out that you was covering under agent covering. It's going to be revealed because all of us have to stand before the Lord one day and give an account of what we've done in this body. That's what the Bible says. We all have to give an account of what we've done in this body. So all the secrets are going to be revealed at some time. Whatever is hid is going to be made known. So if, if you're tired of living a double life, and you just want to live a life of Christ, a life of holiness, then you need to repent for what you have done, turn away, and begin to move in the things of Christ. I like the way that the kids and our, uh, our children sing. They said what? Uh, they talk about repent. Repent and what else? Acknowledge and make right. But repentance has to come. You have to acknowledge that you were a sinner. And then don't do that anymore. You know, and I hear people say, well, he know my heart. Yes, he does. And the heart could be most wicked. But he wants the proof of a love. Okay, no married person that's married just want to go on the fact that they got the certificate. They don't. They just don't want that. Not a normal person. Okay, they want those words spoken to them. They want the action of that verb. All right. They wanted to hear somebody say, baby, I love you, honey, I love you. You know, you're my sweet dumpling or something. Well, you my cream and my coffee, honey. They want to hear those things. They want to hear you say, I love you. They just don't want to hear, honey, I need my allowance. I need the bills paid. I need all of this. They want to hear those tender affections. But won't be the person where it don't matter. They want to see it. Women, they want to see it and hear it. Amen. The thing about it is in that relationship, you need to know. So with your walk in Christ, he needs to know that you love him. You're not looking to him just as your sugar daddy in the sky. God, give me this, give me that, give me, give me, give me, give me. No. He want to know that there is a true relationship with him. So in closing, I want you to know that God wants us to turn from a way that is not giving him all the glory and honor. And that he wants us to be his saint, his children, under the blood covering of Jesus. Amen? So that you could prosper. And your uh, salvation you, you, is known. You made your election sure. He wants you to be that affirmed in your re- belief with him. What? That if something happens, you know that I'm going to be in heaven with Jesus. He doesn't want you to say, I, I don't know. Uh, I think, I well, he knows my heart. But your heart ain't saying Jesus. Your heart is saying I can by myself. 
Okay, he wants us to come and turn our life around. So in closing, in Romans chapter 4, verse number 7, <clears throat> I want us to go there for a moment. I want us to look at that. Romans chapter what, 4 and verse number 7. And what does that say? Oh, let's just read that again. Saying blessed, which is happy, excited, joyful, are they whose iniquities, you know what iniquities are? It is your will for sinning after knowing what the truth of God's word is. People say, really? Okay, in the book of Isaiah, let me just go there for, for those that are uh, just asking, what are, you, what are you talking about? In the book of uh, Isaiah, chapter 53, listen to what it says. <clears throat> in verse number four, it says, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But verse five says, but... He was wounded for our transgression. So what a transgression. Those are those sins that we have done before we had given our hearts to the Lord. All right? He says, and he was bruised for our iniquities. So the bruise for the iniquities is once you have given your life to Christ, and you know better, and you're still out there doing that wicked sin. He was bruised for your willing sins. And he was wounded for your transgression. Two different types of sin. Amen. He says, saying, blessed are they who iniquity are forgiven. Which means that if we are in Christ and we have willfully sinned, he says, blessed are they who are iniquities are forgiven. They can only be forgiven when you repent of them. Okay? He's not going to just forgive you if you never acknowledge that you did it wrong. Oh, it don't work that way. And it says, and whose sin is covered, which means they are covered by the blood. So you know, Lord, let's look at it. As far as the east is to the west, he remembers our sins no more. He doesn't remember what we've done. Once we came to Christ, he don't hold it against us where we used to be. Those are forgiven and forgotten about. All right? But when we are in Christ, if we make a mistake, repent of it. Don't do it again. But if you fall again into that same little trap, repent of it again. The Bible says, though a just man falls seven times, he'll rise back up again, which means that there are times we as Christians, we make mistakes. But we know the truth. We we just can continue to go in sin. When are we going to mature up? Accept our mistakes. When are we going to mature up and not walk in that way? When you say it's hard to stop, there is a God in heaven who says that you can because God strengthens you. But it says the way of a transgressor is hard. So if you keep sinning, it is hard for you to stop. But once you repent and turn, make right. Guess what? God is there for you. He's always been there. But he will then help you. He's not going to just do it just because. But he sent his son as an example for you to look at. So what I'm saying to you right now, for those of you that have made the choice to return back, now is the time that you can. And I want you to bow your head. 
and just pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. Live in me. Have your way in me. And the Lord says, I have forgiven you. And I've written your name down in the Lamb's Book of Life. You have just been listening to Pastor Helen Young of Grace Worship Center in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, a life-changing fellowship. Thank you for joining us today as she ministered. Are you an undercover saint or under his cover saint? Hope you was blessed and encouraged with today's message. Call us at 405-840-4001 or email us at graceworship at ymail.com. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, God does have great things in store for you. Till we see each other, talk to each other again. Be blessed and in God bless.